Welcome back to Bay Takes Podcast. My name is Mikey. And I'm Gus. And today we're going to give you our NFL playoff divisional round predictions, do a tiny bit of recapping the last games, but we want to see really what this means moving forward. And then maybe what some of these outcomes of the games for this weekend could mean in the future. Um, so these there, there's four games, two AFC, two NFC, eight teams remain. One team will be crowned the Super Bowl champion in February. But right now we are just anxiously waiting for the next week of football and hoping Russell Gage is not badly injured. So those are the two things I'm thinking about right now. Yes. So first game on the slate is Jacksonville Jaguars versus Kansas city chiefs. Chiefs obviously got the bye, and the Jaguars came back from 27 zero. It was hard to determine what Trevor Lawrence's impact was and what he can do for the future because he did throw four terrible interceptions, but he also had one of the best comebacks in the history of the NFL. So what's your take on this game, Gus? See, I don't know because I think at halftime, the takeaway was, oh God, is Trevor Lawrence a franchise quarterback? Like as good as he's been this year, his first playoff game, and he's this bad, like an all-time terrible performance in the first half of that game. And after the game, it's like, oh yeah, he's fine. Like... The interceptions were also like non excusable. Like they were all bad. Was there, was there any that were like, yeah, I didn't. Like, kind of the receivers well, I don't know. I feel like with a lot of quarterbacks, you can make like, I don't know. Yes, they all felt like they were just like a lot of the blame could be put on him. And he did it so many times that it was like, Jesus, what are you doing? Um, I mean, it was like really atrocious. And then he threw four touchdowns and was like almost perfect in the second half. I guess. My feeling about this is like so. So the take at halftime was, oh god, is he even the a good enough quarterback to be our franchise quarterback? And I think like people may be panicking too much, but like that's a crazy bad half. That was like Peterman level in terms of like the interception stuff. And then he comes back and he has one of the best second halves in playoff history, and leads them to victory. Um, and and, and end of the first half, I guess he had one touchdown, but like I count that as the second half. It was basically a tale of two games. So I think. What I'm taking away is that the Jaguars and just teams in general in the NFL are never out of it. Um, And number two, I think I'm taking away some stuff about the Chargers. But we're focusing on the Jaguars in this game. If Trevor Lawrence can play like he did in the second half, they have a shot against the Chiefs. If he doesn't, they don't. Like, there's no room for error against this Chiefs team. Like, they will find your weaknesses and they will exploit them. And, I mean, I honestly felt overall like the Jaguars defense was pretty good, especially because they had a short field a lot of the time. Um, But yeah, I mean, the line's at what, eight and a half right now. Chiefs are pretty heavy favorites. They're the, I think they're the heaviest of all the favorites so far. The opening lines, they are the biggest favorite. I guess my feeling going into this game is basically, yes, the Jaguars can hang around, but Lawrence can't make those mistakes this time. He can't. And people... Like, I feel like all the, oh my God, Lawrence is so much better than Dak Prescott. What are you talking about? That debate was happening. And now Dak was really good this week. And Lawrence, like, th- those are the debates that come up after such a terrible performance. But then you look up and it's like, well, he was unreal in the second half. And the question is, like, the Jaguars were lucky to not be down more. Like, when you throw four picks in a half, you're lucky to be down anything less than 30 points. And, you know, one more score, and that game is completely different. So, I don't know. It's just like Lawrence can't have any errors like that in this game. That's my feeling. 
Yeah, I think what I thought about a lot is if you were to flip those two halves, so Lawrence drops 31 points in the first half and then throws four picks in the second half and ends up winning the game. I think we'd think about this very differently. And it just happened that he was more clutch and he didn't like throw the game away, right? Like when the Indianapolis Colts were beating the Vikings by however many they were, and then they tossed the game in the second half. If they were the ones who came back, no one would have said a single thing about the Colts choking or whatever, because they, I don't know. It's like, I mean, because they, they did came choke, back but yeah, did. you, you are correct. Like, obviously there is like an impressiveness to him, like playing so well after playing so badly, like the, the poise, the ability to just like bounce back, but he had a lot of opportunities to bounce back and it took him four picks before he realized that he shouldn't be doing that. So I, I guess I, I, this is a sell high opportunity. I think, I don't think the the Jags are going to hang in this game whatsoever. I think the chiefs are going to win by multiple touchdowns and it's not going to be close. You don't think it'll be close. The Chiefs with a bye week? Are you kidding me? With one of the worst halves of all time with that kind of film on Trevor Lawrence? You don't think they're going to exploit his weaknesses? The best coach in football? I mean, I don't think Andy Reid exploits guys' weaknesses on defense, so I don't think it's the Trevor Lawrence piece. Um, I just think the Chiefs let let people hang around. Is there any quarterback I would want in the league that with, with two minutes on the clock with my team down a score – than Patrick Mahomes? No. And is there any offense I'd rather have in the league right now? No. Um, I, I think that there's a chance they blow him out, but I think the Chiefs just like don't they they just tend to not blow teams out from the get-go. Like they let them hang around a little bit and then, you know, like and then and then they win. And they go 14 so and eyes, three. This is a one score game in your eyes. I I see it as a one score game compared to you. I'm much more of like a this has the look of more of a closer game than what you are thinking with this big blowout. I don't think this will be a blowout. I could see it being a ten point game, but I don't believe that it will be this massive, massive um you know thing. But I also think that there's a potential for that with the Jaguars because of Doug Peterson being super aggressive, you know. If they don't get that two point conversion. If they, um, you know, um, they don't get that like crazy fourth down run or whatever to ETM. Is that fourth down? I think it was fourth down. Um, like, yes, it did work. There's potential for a lot of things to go sideways with that type of aggressiveness. But I think as opposed to Dan Campbell, where sometimes it's just like absolutely crazy, like Peterson is like kind of a, a genius madman. And I have a lot more trust in him than I do. And I love Dan Campbell, but... um. I think the Jaguars will keep it close. So that I guess that's me. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I really do not believe. I think the Jaguars are a really good football team, and I think that they also have nothing to lose. And we see the the 27-0 winning Chargers with everything to prove. Everything. They need this game. Brandon Staley needs this game. Justin Herbert needs this game. And they are unable to pull it out. And while I'm not going to put that all on Staley, even though a lot of it is on him, and I'm definitely not going to put it on Justin Herbert, The Jaguars are a team that playing with nothing to lose. And now they have to go to Kansas City. Sure. I just don't think they're going to get blown out. I guess it's a feeling. I think they'll hang in the game. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I'm not going to pick against Patrick Mahomes, but I think the, uh, I think the Chiefs will win, but I think it'll be close. All right. Okay. Well, let's move to the next game. New York Giants at Philadelphia Eagles. Giants are coming off probably the best game of Daniel Jones' career. Um, 
We saw Saquon have a great game too. And, you know, they their defense, I guess they held around. Dexter Lawrence looked unreal. What do you think about them going against arguably the best team in the league? I don't think the Eagles are the best team in the league. I will say that. Um, obviously, they faltered at the end of the season. The Gardner Minshew stuff. Like now, they got Hurts back. He's probably going to be close to fully healthy. So we're looking at a full strength Eagles team for the most part. I know they have other injuries, but if the the Lane Johnson piece is interesting, but with the Eagles, I, I think you have to look at the big picture here. They've played the the Giants twice. Yep. First one was an absolute blowout. I think it was like 40 to something to like 17 or something. It was like a big blowout. Um, Second one was closer, but the Giants didn't. It was really like a two-score game for most of the game, and the Giants didn't play their starters. But look, that Vikings-Giants game last week, you watch that game and you say like, Oh, the Giants are for real. But the issue is the Eagles have a good defense and the Giants have a good defense. But the Vikings, they had the worst defense of any team in the playoffs that was left. Um, You know, the Seahawks isn't great, I guess. You could make that argument too. But like, I just, the Vikings don't. Our defense is not good. And we've seen them like, Yes, they made some incredible comebacks, but we saw them go down by 30 points in the half. We've seen their defense make have have really, really bad performances, and that was, I mean, like, it was a great performance by the Giants, but they were one Darius Slayton catch away from, like, not, that, that game really not even being, like, I mean, it was back and forth. But I think that Vikings team is not close to that this Eagles team, and that's the difference I'm seeing here. So I got the Eagles, but I think there's a real possibility the Giants can win this game, and I need to, you know dive deeper into it, but I do believe that Brian Dable is one of the most frightening coaches to be matched up matched up against in a playoff game right now. You're just like, you don't want to see him on the other side of the field because he's got something. And the game plans he's put together for Daniel Jones, I mean, Daniel Jones looked like a top seven quarterback in that game, top five quarterback. Like, he played that well. Will he play like that against the Eagles? I don't know, but... No, no, he won't. The Danny Dimes Cinderella story, it's over. It's over. And maybe next year he gets re-signed and they pay they overpay him and they can't sign anybody else. And then it's over. He's never going to go to the playoffs again. And Danny Daniel Jones is not a franchise quarterback. Look, he had a great game. He had a great run. When a team has Jalen Hurts, they're also going up their defense is also going up against Jalen Hurts in practice. And so what does that mean? That means that they have the best running quarterback or one of the best running quarterbacks in practice every single week, and they know what to do. Daniel Jones without his legs is nothing, is nothing. Daniel Jones's impact on the game is good because they have to think about him being a physical quarterback as well. He makes the good throws every once in a while, but Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins are not going to do it against this Eagle secondary. It's not going to happen. But you're put, you're holding that against the Daniel Giants, Jones. Like you you don't wait, think Daniel Jones wait. is a friend. You just said Daniel Jones is not a franchise quarterback, and then proceeded to make a claim about Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James. I'm this trying guy, to hear I'm talking this. about this game. I'm talking about this game. I'm talking about this game. They the Giants' defense only stopped Justin Jefferson because they threw everybody at it. 
They threw a bunch of different schemes at him. They threw multiple corners at him every time. There was no chance Justin Jefferson was going to go for more than 10 or 15 yards because that's what they weren't letting him. They weren't letting him go over top. Now they have to worry about two top 15 receivers, not just one, right? I don't think this game is going to be close either. I think both of these games are going to be blowouts. The one seeds with this extra week are going to use their coaching abilities. They're going to use their guys with their rest, watch the film, and understand how to beat these teams that are both fraudulently in the next round. I picked the Giants to beat the Vikings, but that's because the Vikings were the worst high seed I've seen in a long time. Yes, I agree. I picked the Giants to win as well. Um but the Daniel Jones thing is crazy. You think he's not a franchise quarterback? I think he proved that he's a like he deserves a, he's a multi-year contract. He's a, he's a franchise look, he's a franchise quarterback if you get him for a lower contract. If you pay Daniel Jones How much Jones, are you willing like to pay Daniel 10, Jones? I don't know the year. numbers, but if you pay him like a top 10 quarterback, there's no way you're winning the Super Bowl. No chance you're winning the Super Bowl with Daniel Jones as a top 10 if he gets, if like he gets, top 10 quarterback. If he gets 4 years, 80 million. Is I don't that know a, what the quarterback contracts are. Like, if, if is is that top ten? I can look. I'll go take a look. Uh, we can look. Sound like I mean, a lot to me though. They, I think that's a fairly cheap. I mean, you have Rogers, Wilson, Murray, Watson, Mahomes, Allen, Carr, Prescott. I mean, no, that's not top ten, and it's not really close. It that would be around fifteen. Sure. Though. That's sure, between that's Tom Brady also, and Ryan Tannehill. Hey, oh yeah, but Gus, Gus. If 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 what about what, is what if it's Saquon? what is he without Saquon? What if they don't have what if they don't sign Saquon? I don't know. What if I mean, they don't I, get another receiver? I'm not I'm not if, a Daniel Jones lover. I'm just telling you. He played a great game. He's had a very, very solid season. And as a as a franchise like Brian Dable, I think, can make a lot of guys look a lot better than they are. I think he's making look Daniel Jones look better than he is. But calling him not a franchise quarterback, calling him like a like a fraud or whatever you're saying is like it's over the top. I mean, you're shaming dude after he had the best game of his career. I mean, like, I you just have don't. the best game of your career in the flag football league, bro. Like, you can have the best game of your career, but it's meaningless. Because if you pay him like a top five quarterback, you're not going to win. Do you no one's going to pay him like a top five quarterback. You think they're going to pay him more than Mahomes? You That's just what said he's top to to seven. A... You just said he's top seven. If he's top seven, then you pay him like I top seven. I said he played like a top seven quarterback. I never said he was top seven. He's nowhere so near top be... seven. He's not so top ten. and I don't think he's that close to top ten. So what is he? He's a middling starting quarterback. He's slightly above average. Uh, okay, so if you pay him, you like, can win a Super Bowl with a slightly above average quarterback. I'm not saying if you can win a Super pay Bowl him like that though. No, if you pay him like that, my point is that the amount that he gets paid because they need so many weapons. If you don't provide him with those weapons, you're if not. If you pay anything. him 25 million a year, that is around 15th. Less than Ryan Tannehill, less than Matt Ryan, less than Carson Wentz. All guys who I think are overpaid, but like Jared Goff is in here, Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, Dak, Derek Carr. Like all these guys, like I think he's, some of those guys I think he's below. Some of those guys I think he's actually been a little better. Like Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, he's definitely better than those guys. He's definitely better than Derek Carr this year. I just like, I feel like you're going too hard on him. I think he's... He deserves a contract with the Giants, and I think I no, you're not going to win Super Bowl if you're paying Daniel Jones thirty five million dollars a year. But they don't need to pay him. Yeah, and that's that's not what he's going to get. No team is going to pay him thirty five million. Thirty five is nuts. 
How much is how much is uh, Kirk Cousins getting? I mean, it was a contract from uh, thirty five. Okay, so Daniel on the Jones dot, is probably on the get, dot per year. is going to get like twenty eight to or twenty twenty five to thirty probably is where he's probably gonna get. if he gets twenty five. I think you sign him. You don't have to make it a huge guaranteed money deal. They have leverage. I mean, like but if the dude need goes to get him back, what do, what do they what do they do if they don't have Daniel Jones? Next exactly. Year? Sorry, I, mean, I don't mean they. I mean Daniel Jones's agency has leverage. Like they, if without Daniel Jones, like what are they doing? Unless Dable believes that they can win with Davis Webb. Or Derek, or like Carr or something, or gets like Tannehill. I don't know. Why would you pay all that money for Carr? I think, yeah, I think Daniel Jones is better. All right, let's move on to the next. I I think the Eagles will win, but again, like you really don't think the Giants can hang around? You don't? I mean, okay, I don't don't think the Giants can hang around. You don't? You don't think the Giants can hang around? No. Like, yeah, there's like a like a small percent chance, but if I had to bet on it, there's no. I think it's like like seventy percent chance that the Eagles win by more than ten. All right, let's move on to the Sunday games. All right, All right. so Cincinnati Bengals at Buffalo Bills. Um, this game should be pretty close. Josh Allen coming off of very interesting game um, where it looked like they were going to pull away, and then Skylar Thompson brought them back in, and they only won by three points and. The Dolphins had like a drive at the end of the game where they could have won the game. So how do you feel about this? I mean, it's not like Joe Burrow had the greatest game of his life either. Um, Both of these teams not playing at their best football. So what do you think? So I think there's an emotional element to this game, obviously, that the other games don't have. And look, this is not something where I'm like saying that this is like, I'm not using this to like debate something. What I'm telling you is that it is 100% that the emotions surrounding the DeMar Hamlin situation will affect this game. These were the two teams on the field when this game happened, right? Or when, when this injury happened. Um, and, and obviously everyone knows it's unfortunate. It's terrible. We, you know, he glad he is recovering so well, it would appear. Um, but I mean, if he's at the field for this game, like, the 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 energy it gives the bills is is crazy however look bills are the better football team neither of them played their best josh allen's turnover issues are are a thing this is how i'm feeling right the bengals tend to play their best football against good teams they they just do they just play they just play better against good teams. And I mean, like, and not good divisional teams. So, obviously, the Ravens, it always feels like it's close with these divisional games, but they were down big to the Bucks, and all of a sudden they have this huge comeback. They put up 34 on the Bucks, right? They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Titans, although that was, like, you know, pretty bad. They beat the Steelers. That was close. And they blew out the Panthers, almost won their division. And then they get destroyed by the Browns, right? Like, we're looking at these games. Like, division games, they struggle. But a lot of the good games, they beat the Chiefs this season. They were up on the Bills. Now, I'm not saying they would have won that game. But I just trust the Bengals to be in a game in the playoffs with a good team. They just don't back down. They bring their A game. Joe Cool, Joe Shiesty, whatever you want to call the guy. He, he's he got the ice in his veins. He He's able to play big in, the, in these clutch moments, in these big moments. And so I... This is what I'll tell you. This game is not going to be a blowout. I am convinced this game is not going to be a blowout. 
And you might be another one. You might think again that the favorite, or maybe you think the Bengals are going to blow them out. I don't know what you think, but I think I trust the Bengals too much to stay in the game. And I trust the bills first thing as an actual team coach, all that stuff. And with this, with this emotional situation, the energy they're going to have like T Higgins. And I, I don't like to bring this up, but T Higgins, like we like to think of athletes as athletes and not people, but if like obviously not not in any way his fault. But something like that, you're thinking about that in a game that you're playing against this team. Like you are. I mean, like, I know I would be if, if it happened, and like obviously it's not his fault, and he, he I wish he wasn't, but you, you tell me. I mean, like, I, I think it's on his mind, like this is going to affect this game. It's going to be all the dialogue leading up to this game is about that. Who's winning though? Come back to me. Come back to me. All right. Well, I think the Bills are going to win this game. Um, honestly, I I would love to say it's going to be a blowout, but it's not. Like this, this these are two really good teams. There's no doubting that. And I think Josh Allen's turnover quote-unquote issue is not that big of an issue i think it's been blown out of proportion both of those interceptions were like questionably not his fault like one of them bounced off of his receiver's chest into the other guy's hands and it was a good throw and the other one john brown ran the wrong route josh allen has the best arm in the league josh allen's accuracy it's questionable at times but it's definitely up there in the league his weapons are amazing. Cook looks like a good running back, or at least he's like startable. Obviously, he wouldn't be like an elite running back, but he's startable. He can get you ten yards if you if you really need it. And their defense looks looks pretty good. I don't know. I I guess last week made a lot of people question things about the about the Bills, and I think it's because they underestimated the Dolphins, just because of Skylar Thompson. But as you said, there's, I don't think in the, my entire life, I have foreseen a game with more emotional um, energy that's going to be in this stadium because they're not playing to win. They're playing for DeMar. They're playing for a bigger cause. They're playing for the city because Bill's Mafia is a real thing. Um, they're not, I don't think they're losing this game. And I think I'm saying that mostly because of the emotional impact. The bills are not losing this game and it would be really hard for me to imagine a world where there's a rematch of this situation and the bills don't come out with it. So I will give you my side of this. I also think the bills are going to win this game. I think they're the better team. I think they have the better quarterback, although I think it's very close. But but here's what I'll tell you. I think that, obviously, I think the emotion honestly favors the Bills. And it's important in a game like this, like we said. The energy and like the, the fandom and all that stuff in this stadium, like it's going to be Is there. it at the Bills Stadium? Is it for yeah. sure at the Bills Stadium? Bills are, is it? Or maybe it's in, wait, let me let me look this up. Bengals, Bills, uh, neutral site. Let's see. Uh, 
it will not be played at a neutral site. Kind of unfair, honestly, to the Bengals. But yeah, continue. Yeah, um, yeah, they have to go to Buffalo. So Buffalo's home—that's a big thing. But but here is the key for me. Two things. Number one, <laughs> when the Bills play a team, I think they're going to beat any team that they play. Pretty much the only team. That I like, I just like always, I mean like, again, the current 49ers and Eagles and like, I think they give them a trouble and I think the Bengals do too. But like the team that I'm always worried about is the Chiefs. And I think the Bills in the playoffs the last couple of years, like when it's not the Chiefs in front of them, they've been awesome. Yeah, Josh Allen's turnovers. Yeah, <sighs> Josh Allen's great. He's great. Um, Cincinnati's defense is really good. I think they're legit. I think the D coordinator is really, really smart. His halftime adjustments are like the best in the league, according to like statistical changes half to half. I think that the Bills will win, and I think the real key for me is the Bengals' O-line. This season started really badly for them, really badly. I mean, Burrow, five turnovers in week one. Like This was a real issue. They got it together, Lyle Collins, Alex Kappa, Jonah Williams. All three of those guys probably not going to play in this game. Alex Kappa's week-to-week. Jonah Williams, their left tackle, got hurt against the Ravens. He's week-to-week with a dislocated kneecap. And then we've got Lyle Collins, who's out for the year. So he's missing both tackles and the right guard. And they haven't been able to run the ball. And so then it's basically like, yes, Jamar and Higgins are probably going to have some big plays. Yes, the Bengals have an explosive offense. But... We saw in the Super Bowl last year, the, the the demise of the Bengals is this O-line because Joe Burrow's awesome, and you give him time, he will make the right play. But it's if that offensive line... Von Miller, yeah, if Von Miller was playing this game, it wouldn't even be close, right? Yeah, I mean... It wouldn't even be close. I just think, I think he does make a big difference when there's like... But, but the Bills have such a deep defensive line, and the pressure that they are going to be able to generate... I mean, they're going to be able to generate pressure with four guys. They're not going to need to blitz as much. That allows them to drop into coverage and help on those superstar weapons that the Bengals have. So the Bengals are not going to be able to run the ball as well in this game. They're not going to have as much time to throw. So, yeah, I'm picking the Bills. This offensive line issue for the Bengals is huge. And Burrow, just without time, like, different player. Great escape artist, but he is a different player, and as every quarterback is when he's under pressure. All right, let's move to the last game uh, in the divisional slate. We have the Dallas Cowboys coming off of a win against the Bucks versus the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners basically blew out the Seahawks after being down at half. Um, Brock Purdy had a perfect passer rating, which is kind of unreal in the second half. Um, and the Dallas Cowboys won convincingly. So both these teams coming off of big wins. What do you think? I think... Um... Look, the Purdy magic is real. It is really real. It's real, and it's alive, and Purdy is playing. I mean, he was not amazing in the first half. Kyle Shanahan has has been amazing this year, and he's proven why he should be one of the coldest seats in the NFL as a coach. Like He should be one of the coaches that has the least to worry about his job, right? So D'Amico Ryans is great, too. Like. I don't know. I just don't see a flaw with this 49ers team. The secondary is the only thing that I'm a little worried about, right? I mean, like, 
and, and I think the Cowboys have one star weapon receiver, should I say, and that's CeeDee Lamb. And while I think he can have a big game, they survived a huge game from Metcalf against the Seahawks and, and, and won convincingly. I'm picking the Niners, and I know the Cowboys can be on and off. Um, they either have it or they don't. And, like, I just, like, the Cowboys from behind, just, like, I don't like them. They need to be up early. They need to be able to establish Tony Pollard and company and, like, just... If there's any team I believe that they will have trouble moving the ball against, it's the 49ers. Even though their defense has looked slightly worse the last couple of weeks, like I'm picking the Niners, and I think it's going to be 10 plus points. I, I would I would imagine the Niners are going to win a, and and even if it's not, I, I'm very confident the Niners will win this game. Brock Purdy is going to win a Super Bowl this year, and the 49ers are good for one secondary explosion where they just get burned it's gonna happen i already know cd lamb's gonna go for a 45 yard catch like it, it it's just a given or noah brown or whoever it is maybe ty Hilton does something crazy but other than that like there is no flaws in our team or i i'm saying it's my team as a big 49ers fan brock purdy he he you know he's inaccurate every once in a while and then I remembered that he was the last pick in the draft. And then he scrambles around in the pocket for 20 seconds and makes a perfect throw. And then I forget about it. It's pretty magic again. Look, I, we couldn't have hoped for any more than this after going on to our third quarterback and pretty fumbling a handoff in the week before he came in as a starter. I couldn't be happier as a 49ers fan. And our team is elite top to bottom. The only reason I have any issues is our secondary is good for one or two of those big plays, as I just said. And the Cowboys are low-key a team that gets those big plays. They do it. You know, I love me some Tony Pollard. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a great game against the Niners. Our run defense is amazing. I'm sure D'Amico Ryans is going to cook up an amazing game plan against this team. He knows. He, I mean, look, the Cowboys game last year was very, very heated. You remember the iconic Trent Williams pointing at the Cowboys fans and stuff like that. This is going to be a heated game. There's a lot of energy that's going to be had. Um, and this is the but, last game of the weekend, too. This is the prime the prime time of the prime time. But the 49ers are going to win this game convincingly, and I would not be surprised if Trent Williams loves a good win against the Cowboys in this one. Well, what's what would you say? What, what's your score margin? Like, what do you believe this will be? Two touchdowns? No, I'm, I mean, Touchdown look, I, think this game, I think this game will be close pretty much through the entire game. It'll probably be one or two scores at some times, but I think by the end of the game, the Niners will be probably win by 10. I think, I think that's a fair. fair I amount. feel very similarly. Look, like people can keep saying the Purdy stuff and like anyone can play quarterback for the Niners. And while I agree that they can make a lot of bad quarterbacks. Like this is why this is the Purdy thing. This this is the one knock I have on Purdy. Like if they had Josh Johnson in there, are they like not going to win this game? Like, do I believe they'll win with Josh Johnson? No, but like, do I also believe they have a real shot? And you like this line probably is not. It's probably like even if Josh Johnson's playing, right? Like, it's probably what it is. Something like that. Maybe a little more on the Cowboys side, but like, I just like. Maybe even more on the Niners side. Like, I don't know. I just like, that's the issue against like the, the knock on Purdy, but 
let's not take away what he's done from him because he's in a good situation. He has the luxury of checking down to the best group of after the catch players in the NFL, but like, what else is he supposed to do? Not what's, play yeah, well? what's, what's he supposed to do? Not <laughs> do the things he's asked to do. So Brock Purdy is the real deal. And yes, I was on this podcast a month or so, a couple months ago, a month and a half, maybe saying that because Brock Purdy was going to regress after a good first game, not the Bucks game, but this is before the Bucks. This is after the Dolphins game. That the Niners were not Super Bowl contenders. They could not win the Super Bowl. And now here I am saying that probably they're my Super Bowl favorite right now. Um, and why would I pick against them in the divisional round if I believe they're going to win the Super Bowl? So, um, yeah, Brock Purdy's the real deal. The Brock Wait, star. A, but this, he's real. I think I think it's important to note that like there's probably six or seven quarterbacks in this league that. With a few minutes left in the game, like you have to rely on that quarterback to win the game. And I think it's important to note that like Brock Purdy's weakness is throwing the ball deep. Like he can't really do it. Even when he did it with Ayuk, like the ball was a little bit underthrown. He just doesn't need to. And I think that's why the 49ers coaching staff gets so much credit is because we've allowed him to blossom with what he has. And we're not asking him to do more than he's able to because he was the last pick in the draft for a reason. He's not that big. He doesn't have the greatest arm. He's not going to make the electric impossible throw. But he does what he's asked to do and just a little bit more. And that's what makes him so great because he does the right things and he's not being too extravagant, even though at times it feels like he's going to throw three interceptions. But it hasn't happened yet. So I believe that he's going to do otherwise. Yeah, you were on here saying he was going to have that inevitable three interception game at some point. I'm just hoping it's not this week or any week in this playoffs. I think the thing with Purdy also with you have to understand is like look at look at what he's been able to do. And obviously again, he's in a great situation. Like no one's going to say that that's not true. When you talk about the 2-minute drill thing though, like that's the one weakness or like thing I'm a little worried about with the 49ers because we really haven't seen Purdy do two minute drill. Raiders um, kind of like he had like what four minutes left and he drove down with the touchdown. He did. But what, what I mean is like the Niners in the first 55 minutes of a game, I have no questions that they're the best team in the league in the last five minutes. I, the only reason I worry is because they don't have that guy who can like, make that Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Hurts play. If That's my only worry with them, and I think Purdy is great, and I think he's, he's, he's starting to make me believe he's a franchise guy. I can't say it yet, but like he's starting to make me believe that he is. But look... Like I don't know. I'm just I'm just speculating what, here, but like I, I, I want to see him do it because he's he's been so good that he hasn't had to play in close games. Here's what we're gonna find out in the next month. We're gonna find out if the NFL is a league where you need a bunch of weapons and a quarterback who doesn't do too much, or the quarterback that does a lot with weapons that can't win the game for you. It's the Chargers versus the 49ers. Herbert's an amazing quarterback. Could not get it done. Maybe it's because of coaching, or maybe it's because they didn't have the deep receiver or the weapons that allowed Herbert to not be relied on the entire game. I think when you rely on one person too much, that's where it causes problems. And honestly, maybe I favor this Niner system more than any other system in the league. Despite Mahomes, despite Josh Allen, despite Burrow being amazing quarterbacks, 
I think when you don't have to rely on the facilitator, it makes it easier for everybody. I mean, I agree. I think when you don't have to, when you don't feel like you need to put all that pressure on your quarterback, it it is that good. But I also think that, again, I hate comparing Purdy to the GOAT, but there is inevitable similarities. When you are both thrust into a good situation, a good team, Patriots were a good team when Brady came. It gives you that cushion of development, right? Like Mahomes had the cushion of he didn't have to play for a year. Purdy has the cushion of his team is really freaking good. (laughs) The system is amazing. The weapons are the best in the league. The offensive line is one of the best in the league. The defense is one of the best in the league. Is if if not the best in the league. Like he's in the perfect situation. So if he messes up, which he did sometimes in that first half against Seattle, his cushion of development is like he can make those mistakes and do it on an NFL field, not in practice. But but. He didn't mess up once in the second half. I'm not saying he will. I'm saying that for a long-term develop from a long-term development standpoint, for a guy who like could he be your franchise guy? I think yes, because he's going to be able to develop with on-field experience. He's gonna be able to mess up. He can have three interception games next season, but it's he yes. also will be able to have the five touchdown games. It's yes on the 49ers and no for probably the other. 31 teams in the NFL. But yeah, that wraps it up probably. Um, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully our predictions are correct. Or hopefully mine are correct. I think we... Did we agree on everything? We picked all the same teams. I don't think we have the same feelings about every game. Yeah. All right, but yeah, make sure to follow us on TikTok um, and Twitter and YouTube and all that. Hope you all have a blessed rest of your week and uh, catch you guys later. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.